Well, hello there, friends. So, um, this is my very first podcast, and I'm going to admit I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but we're gonna figure it out together until we until we know, okay? <laughs> but I really wanted to do this as something new and something fun to get my voice out there, my story out there, and to help inspire other people, other moms, other you know anybody who listens to this. I hope this podcast can help you in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I'm on my way to work right now. If you don't know anything about me, my name is Tanya. I grew up in a small town called Yukon, Pennsylvania. That is probably the smallest town in Pennsylvania, one of them. Nobody really knows where it's at. I went to a high school called Yawk in Harmony, uh, Pennsylvania. Right now I live in Penn Township, which is about 30 to 40 minutes from Pittsburgh. So I'm a little bit closer to the city now, but where I grew up was out in the country, very small town. Everybody knew everybody. Um, I played sports in high school, volleyball and softball, went to college, played volleyball and softball in college as well. And then I figured out that I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So after that, I decided to go to nursing school and I became a nurse. I worked in the ER for a few years as a nurse and now I do pediatric home health. And I work with a 16 year old client with a degenerative brain disease. He is the most amazing kid on the face of earth. He, um, so I take care of him every day uh, whenever I go to work. So, um, my life hasn't been easy. I am 29 years old. I have been through some difficult things in my life. So I want to get my story out there just to let others know that they're not alone. And this podcast is going to be a little bit about everything and just life, you know, situations, relationships, I am a fitness coach as well, so it'll be about fitness, it'll be about nursing, it'll be about my story, some tips and tricks um, on fitness and mom life, so I am a mom as well, try not to get all over the place, so um, I will start with my story, I guess. So, whenever I was 27 years old, I got pregnant for the very first time. I am, um, I was living with my boyfriend, you know, we were living together, we got pregnant, and everything was perfect, you know, we were all happy and excited, we found out we were having a boy, and my biggest worry during my pregnancy was that I was going to end up with gestational diabetes. I've always been on the healthier side because like I said, I was always active, I was always playing sports, always in the shape, always athletic. After nursing school, I did put on some weight and I wasn't as healthy as I once was because I wasn't playing sports anymore. I would try to keep up with the gym. That just wasn't a wasn't a like steady routine for me. I just couldn't stick with the gym. So, 
Whenever I got pregnant, I was like 188 pounds. I was overweight because I'm only 5'3". I do, you know, I do hold a lot of muscle in my body. So I was just like, you know, like, I, it's probably muscle. No, it wasn't. I was overweight. And when I got pregnant, um, everything was, you know, everything was fine up until I was 25 weeks pregnant. And then I started noticing a lot of swelling. I woke up one morning to go to work. I still worked in the ER at this time. And I woke up with a massive headache. And I never really got headaches. You know, I don't get them normally. But this this day I woke up and it was just like an unbearable headache. I looked in the mirror, my face was swelled under my eyes, were extremely puffy. So I decided to take my blood pressure and I had a blood pressure cuff that I had gotten off of Amazon and it was sky high. I didn't know if I was doing it right. You know, it was one of the wrist ones. So I took some time and all and went to work. When I got to work, I had them take my blood pressure there and it was sky high. It was like 180 something over 100 and I normally have really perfect blood pressure. So I got really scared. I called my OB and they wanted me to be seen right away. So luckily I was already in the hospital. I just had to go up to the fourth floor and be seen. So they started monitoring me. They started doing blood work, urine tests. And they told me that I was on the border of preeclampsia. So they were transferring me down to West Penn Hospital, which is in Pittsburgh because they were telling me that it's a possibility I could be having my baby that night. Uh, they weren't sure, but if I did, I would already be in a high-risk hospital with a NICU. So I got extremely scared and worried, and I was more worried about my baby more than anything. I um, wasn't really worried about myself, but I was scared that like my baby wasn't gonna be okay. So. I was transferred down to West Penn by ambulance. They put me on a mag drip, which absolutely, like, totally wipes you out. It's the worst thing. Um, but it helps prevent seizures in mom and baby. So I got to West Penn, and um, they did some more testing, and I had really high protein in my urine, so that's a sign of preeclampsia, along with my blood pressures. If you don't know what preeclampsia is, it is where your placenta is not giving the baby enough oxygen or blood supply. And it can be very dangerous for mom and for baby. So it is, there's different, um, there's different like risk factors for preeclampsia, genetics, um, obesity, first pregnancy, and well, I had two of those things and I'm pretty sure that it runs in my family now. So, um, I was in the hospital for two weeks. They were trying to get me to stay there for two months, but that didn't happen. I stopped responding to the blood pressure medication that they were giving me. So I was in there for two weeks and then just one day I stopped responding to the medication. I was 27 weeks along and they decided to deliver my baby via C-section because he was breached. I remember it was during a Steelers game. I was like, really, I gotta miss the Steelers game for this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 
but we were like watching this dealer game before I went into surgery and then um so my son was born during this dealer's game and I can't remember if we won or lost that day but that doesn't matter um so I delivered my baby he weighed one pound 11 ounces and he you know the first week or so he was healthy and um didn't need any like didn't need intubated or anything like that was just on a little bit of oxygen he was so tiny i remember after i delivered they told me not to chug any water but i didn't listen of course i was thirsty and i chugged water and then whenever they rolled me into the nicu to see my baby i was vomiting everywhere so i felt like crap um i felt so bad like the first time seeing my baby i was i was puking and um i was just sick so they had to put me back on the mag drip again because after you deliver after having preeclampsia you can end up with something called help syndrome which is like toxicity where your body can get toxic your liver can like can get toxic your kidneys can shut down but it can just get really bad so they did it again to get you know keep my blood pressures down and the seizures and just prevent anything else from happening to me so i had to be in bed for another 24 hours so i could not see my baby or hold you know i did not get the chance to hold him right away i couldn't even see him for 24 hours so it was very very hard very difficult it is not something that i would wish on my worst enemy to go through because it's one of literally one of the hardest things a mother would ever have to go through um so unfortunately i am at work right now so i'm gonna have to continue this later but I promise I will be back to tell the rest of my story if, um, and we will continue this afterwards. So, like I said, I feel really awkward right now because I've never done this before, but we will get there. <laughs> we will learn together. Um, but if you could share and like this podcast if you and just get the word out there if you know anybody who would be interested in hearing about this or you know just to help support me and grow my audience i would really really appreciate it but i'm gonna head into work now and i will talk to y'all later okay so if you've gotten this far this is episode number two uh just continuing my story so these episodes are going to be recorded in little pockets of my life and of my day because, you know, as a busy person, that's how it's got to be done. Um, so, continuing from my last episode, I was in the hospital with my son and he was born and like I said, I didn't get to see him for 24 hours. So, I was able to go down and see him the next day. And it was very, very scary. If you've never been in that situation before, you just don't get it. Because, you know, I knew nothing about the NICU. I knew nothing about what I was going through before I went through it. 
and seeing a baby weighing one pound 11 ounces is very scary and it's very overwhelming um you don't know exactly how to react your feelings your emotions are kind of all over the place i just remember feeling extremely extremely nervous uh very scared to see him and I was, you know, numb at the time, didn't really know how to feel in the moment, but luckily, you know, I had the most amazing supportive boyfriend that there is on this earth, and he was there to hold my hand through it all, um, and Wyatt is my son's name, he was probably the size of my hand, he could fit into my, the palm of my hand. I could tuck him when I held him. I could tuck him right into my bra. <laughs> and um, I got to hold him five days after he was born. So I did get to eventually hold him. And that in itself was scary but amazing at the same time. And I just remember feeling like so like overcome and like and over, I don't know, like flown with emotions at that time. My mom got to witness me holding him for the first time. We got to video it and everything. It was pretty cool. And he was doing great. So there's a lot that goes on in the NICU. A lot of scary things. A lot of alarms. Um, and he was doing great for about a week. And then it was like the following Sunday... We got a call from the NICU doctor and said to come down to the hospital right away that my son started throwing up blood and that he was having a pulmonary hemorrhage. So whenever he was born, he was born with a hole in his heart. And instead of the blood throwing fl flowing through his heart, it went into his lungs and he ended up throwing it up so he needed to be intubated they weren't sure exactly what was going to happen um, at that moment so intubation means that they had to put a breathing tube down his throat for him to breathe and help his lungs recover from that hemorrhage so he was intubated for a few i would say a week and they tried to take him off of the vent and it didn't work. He didn't react very well. So he needed to be intubated again. And they put them put him on this machine called an oscillator where it kind of vibrates and kind of breaks up the secretions in his lungs and kind of um, it gets all the junk out of his lungs and kind of helps clean them out. So he was on that for a little while on 100% oxygen. We didn't know what was going on for a few days I was sick I was depressed I was trying to pump at the same time because you know they really enforce breastfeeding in the NICU so that the baby can get your antibodies I unfortunately had no luck with breastfeeding I was able to I pumped you know as much as I could but it just wasn't a right fit for me I couldn't produce anything I tried everything under the sun I don't know if the stress had an impact on me or what it was 
but he did get enough to where he got my antibodies and um, so he was able to get that at least so um, he was intubated for a few more weeks and then he we eventually were able to get him off so I remember he came off of the vent a little bit before Christmas a few days before Christmas and he was doing great wonderful um, he was really good at like sucking on the binky which is great for them to develop their lungs and really get strength and with breathing because whenever you're that small they have to learn how to breathe they have you know it all flows together and they don't know yet because they're still supposed to be developing um, inside so he was trying to breathe on his own outside of me and that lasted a day so Christmas Eve came and I was down visiting and all of a sudden he I'm looking up at him you know he's in the, this little incubator I'm standing over top of him looking at him and he turns blue he just stops breathing and so this is gonna be hard for me to talk about because I'm getting real here I'm getting um, you know flashbacks of the situation so he codes his oxygen drops to like 23% he turns blue and stops breathing his you know his heart rate drops I thought my baby was dying in that moment and he was probably a month old yeah a month and a half old at this time um, so the you know the nurses and the doctors all came flowing into the room and they had to intubate him again because he couldn't breathe on his own they got him intubated he codes again turns blue again even with the breathing tube in so we didn't know what was going on he probably coded three he coded at least three times in an hour um they thought maybe the tube wasn't in far enough or it was too far it wasn't in the right place so they tried adjusting it so um i left the room i couldn't stay in that room and i left i was standing in the hallway and i was just completely breaking down i was by myself my boyfriend was at work and i was just losing it in the middle of the hallway like I felt embarrassed but I was just having like a complete and total meltdown in the middle of the hallway because I, I was scared I didn't know what was happening with my baby I didn't know if he was gonna be okay and I just didn't want to be alone so he the code alarm just kept going off and off and everybody kept running to his room and um, they couldn't figure out what it was. They thought maybe he was having bronchospasms where like his throat was spasming and he wasn't getting enough airway or like air and oxygen to his airway. So my thought to this day is they intubated him and he had a mucus plug and it was blocking the tube because they said that he wasn't bronchospasming either. So my thought is that he had a mucus plug in there 
and it was preventing him from getting oxygen into his airway and keeping it open. So eventually we did get things under control that night and my dad came down to be with me because you know it, it was Christmas Eve and I wasn't leaving until I knew my baby was okay and they did let us sleep there but it was um, it was very noisy there was it wasn't very comfortable so I would go home and sleep at night at my you know in my own bed and then go back down in the morning so he was okay he was stable um, thank goodness and so then I went home and had to like I couldn't even look at anybody I I went to my dad's girlfriend's house for Christmas Eve and her family and you know I was, was there trying to get my mind off of it and just like I couldn't even be around people at the time because I would just break down and cry and I didn't want to cry in front of people I don't like crying I'm gonna cry right now but um it was just but it, I also didn't want to be alone either because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts and my feelings and I just didn't want to lay there and cry so I wanted to get my mind off of it you know it's what I like to do when I'm upset so um the next day was Christmas we went down we spent Christmas with him as a family and he was just the cutest little thing on Christmas I'll never forget we had his little Christmas outfit little Christmas stocking for him he was as big as the stocking like he could fit in this stocking he was so tiny um, but I think he was on the vent for ah, um, uh, when did he he was on it for a good bit maybe two weeks after that episode um, and then he just started progressing after that so he did have you know some lung issues at the end and he did come home on oxygen so that was hard in the beginning as a new mom um, trying to get time off of work to be with him as he's in the NICU trying to get time off work after he comes home he came home in February so he spent three months in the NICU he came home three days before his due date so um, he spent 84 days in the NICU like I said it was a very hard and difficult time for us um, luckily we had amazing friends amazing support from the community and amazing people in our lives to help make it a little bit easier on us and so when he came home I got to take I had to take off work again so I could be you know so I could have time to be his mom and get time to spend with my son at home and take care of him. He had doctor's appointments, you know, follow-up appointments. He was on oxygen. I didn't want to leave him. He, I didn't trust anybody, you know, watching him because, you know, people aren't used to babies on oxygen. People are scared. They, they don't know how to handle it. So I didn't want to go back to work. And in the midst of all of this, COVID happened. Yay, COVID. <laughs> so I was set to go back to work in the ER. And COVID had 
reached its point to us. Um, so I was torn between a rock and a hard place at that time because one, I have a preemie baby at home who came home at five, weighing five pounds. Um, still tiny, still on oxygen, still fragile and at risk. So what was I supposed to do? I, I didn't have any money. I was off work, but I wasn't getting paid anymore. <laughs> I had used up all of my sick time when he was in the hospital. And, um, sorry, I have to take a sip of water here. So I tried quitting my job. Um, I, I got hired with the pediatric, um, company that I'm with now, but I, they didn't have any cases for me. So I tried quitting my job at the ER and until I got a case with the pediatric because I just didn't feel comfortable going to work and with COVID and potentially bringing that home to my son. You know, I had to put my son first and I had to do what was best for him. And luckily I had an amazing manager at the time. He really accommodated me and my needs and he understood where I was coming from, but he didn't want to lose me as an employee. So they accommodated me and put me in employee health for, you know, for the time being. So I just had my own room, my own office away from everybody. And I just handled like COVID exposure calls and everything like that alone, not, you know, on, not in contact with COVID and not right up against COVID. So I didn't have to worry about much at the time. So that was very helpful. Um, in, in, um, April, I started my fitness journey because due to the preeclampsia, due to me being overweight, due to me having my baby so early, you know, I blamed a lot of that on myself and I blamed, I, th I blamed it all on me actually. And I thought like I, I did something wrong. I, you know, I let my son down. Like I did this to my son and I really blamed myself because I thought that if my how you know my eating habits or you know if I was more active working out was more healthy that this wouldn't have happened to me and it took a long time for me to come to terms with that not being true because it's not true for anybody out there listening to this if you blame yourself if you have been through this same scenario and you blame yourself do not Please do not blame yourself. It is not your fault. There's nothing you can do to prevent it. It would have happened if I weighed 120 pounds or if I weighed 200 pounds. It would have happened to me either way. So please do not blame yourself. It is not your fault. And I know it's easier said than done, but you have to realize that things happen for a reason. And sometimes things just happen with, you know, and you can't control it. The only thing you can do is move forward and change the things that are within your control. 
So, um, I started my fitness journey in April. I started because I wasn't happy with myself. You know, I, I has, I have never been that skinny girl. I've, I've always been, you know, somewhat athletic and, but I've never been skinny and society puts a lot of pressure on women and, and men. It, they, society puts a lot of pressure on everybody these days and <clears throat> we fall into the, into the holes of society where we aren't happy with ourselves. Now, I won't say that I wasn't, that I, I won't say that I wasn't myself, but you know, at that point before I started my fitness journey, because I was, um, I was, you know, I was depressed at the time. I was just, I've never, I was just coming out of a situation that I've never had to deal with before. Um, and starting a fitness journey really changed my mindset and really changed me mental, definitely changed, you know, my mental, my mental health at the time, more so than my physical health. Um, and I just wanted to be healthy again. I was 200 pounds, the heaviest I've ever been in my life. I remember on my first day I weighed myself, like as soon as I got my new scale, I stepped on it and I weighed more than what I thought I weighed. And it said 200 and I'm like, Jesus, this is more than I weighed in, in nursing school. And I thought I was fat in nursing school. Like I can't not let this go any longer. I cannot. So I remember my boyfriend stepped on it and it said 150 and I just wanted to punch him. I'm like, just get off the scale. Just, just get away from me right now. So <clears throat> I started and I am so happy that I did my my life was improving. Um, I was happier. I was healthier for my baby. I had more energy. Um, and I gained a lot of, you know, friends and support through my journey as well. So the main reason that I started was due to the preeclampsia was due to my son and due to my health, because I finally got to a point where I realized just how important my health really is. Like, even though I'm young, it's, there's never, you know, it's always a perfect time to start a health journey. So, um, I've been a health coach and a fitness coach for a little over a year now, and it's just completely changed my life. I love what I do for other people. I love serving other people and helping others, you know, live a healthy lifestyle and inspiring them and just talking to them and being real with them about their struggles, about their goals and, you know, accomplishments too. I love cheering them on and just letting them know that they can absolutely do it. They can do anything that they, they set their mind to because if I could do it, you can do it. Um... So now my son is almost 20 months old and he is seriously the best little boy 
on the face like on the face of the earth he is so amazing he's so smart he's so goofy he has such a personality and he has no health issues anymore like he is such a miracle he is my he's my hero he's mommy's hero and I just can't believe that that he did what he did and he fought so hard to be here and I just say to myself all the time that if he fought so hard to be here then I can fight for him and I can fight to give him the best life that he could possibly have and give him the best mom that he could possibly have so that's why I started my journey that's where I'm at right now in my life and I hope you enjoyed listening to my story there's more to come um, sharing. There's a lot more sharing. <laughs> we're going to have, you know, we're going to make it funny. We're going to make it real. We'll cry a little. We're we'll laugh a lot. And I just hope that you get a lot of inspiration and can relate a lot to this podcast and from listening to me. So please like, share um, with your friends and hopefully I can get this thing rolling and I can help inspire a lot of lives out there. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week and I will talk to you guys all on my next episode. <laughs>